so bored You need to walk the other way I tell you once more Please get out of my way I don't want you no more We're done here, boy Welcome to Women Leading in Cannabis. I'm your host, Kira Reed. Thank you for joining us. Our guest today is Becca Williams, founder of Becca Williams International. Welcome to the show, Becca. Hi, Kira. Thank you. An emotions therapist and educator who blends Western medicine with Eastern traditions in her masterclass series, Emotional Liberation, Becca's practice integrates ancient healing modalities that utilize expressive movement, meditation, and breathwork techniques with the use of psilocybin microdosing and cannabis. Previously working for NPR and Marijuana Straight Talk, Becca and a board, is a board member of the American Academy of Cannabinoid Medicine. Becca is also one of just a handful of certified emotional liberation facilitators in the world. Becca is a registered dietitian, nutritionist, and holds certificates in cannabis core curriculum dosage protocols and methodologies, CBD essentials, and clinical application. She has worked as a group facilitator, speaker, and mentor for personal and collective transformation for more than two decades. Wow, it is so great to have you here today, Becca. Oh, Kira, it's great to be here. And, you know, right out of the gate, I want to say that I so appreciate what you do. Women leading in cannabis, it's uh, such a pivotal and forward visionary thinking project. And that is infusing, if you will, the feminine approach to doing business in the cannabis arena and actually not just cannabis, right? I mean, you know, upending the business as usual, same old, same old, almighty bottom line and transitioning to a distinctly more feminine approach of, of relationship building. And, and, you know, not without, without, taking away focus on the bottom line, but understanding that relationships are foundational to business success and that we're not throwing out the go get them, direct, decisive, masculine power, but what, what should we call it? revising, you know, our capitalistic patriarchal paradigm. And as you have said so eloquently, you know, putting relationships at the center of our businesses and, not to get all woo-woo, although I am want to do that in my world of bringing science and spirit together, but you know, creating a rich and supportive environment where people enjoy their work and their interactions with others. And the woo-woo piece is that it's all energy. And you know, that brings in what we know in Eastern wisdom, one of my playgrounds, as the feminine energy, which encompasses intuition, nurturing, healing patience, wisdom, and my bailiwick, as you pointed out, emotions and learning emotional fluidity. And, you know, that nurtures a framework where the good juju <laughs> vibrates out to everybody we touch in the business community, our team, our partners, our vendors. And when that feels good, taking it to not only our professional relationships, but our personal relationships. And 
that's very much a cornerstone of my emotions work, where people learn to create an inner emotional stability to navigate in a, in just you know a world of uncertainty. So I, I honor you for leading the way in this movement. Well, thank you very much, and that is exactly what we are here to do: is to um, paint a new vision, a feminine vision that is in, much more inclusive and allows more people to thrive in their careers in the industry. So let's let's start at the mm -hmm. beginning with you. How did you become an emotional liberation facilitator and what was the catalyst for using and specializing in plant medicine therapies? We want to get to know you right now. So let me get, begin with the, the plant medicine in, in, at the beginning is cannabis. And so I, I wrestled with a lot of anxiety and depression and a lot of other stuff, but anxiety and depression were big for me. I came out of a, a pretty difficult childhood, and uh, as a result of that, had a lot of trauma that I carried around. And as we know now, difficult emotions are actually tethered to trauma. We all carry some degree of trauma. So when I got into college uh, back in the day, <laughs> I uh, somebody turned me on to, to cannabis in my first, first year as a freshman. And I realized that it helped me feel better, that it just, it, it dampened that anxiety and, and any kind of critical voice, you know, the inner voice, it just dampened all that. So I, I was self-medicating with cannabis for years, decades. And it, it helped, but the big deal was there were a couple of things. And one of them was that when I was in a social group, and that's where a lot of the cannabis sharing went on, right? That, I, that my social anxiety, uh, wrapped, ranked, wrapped up. Um, and, and, and so I found that I was better if I was by myself smoking cannabis because it just, it really centered me and grounded me and I didn't have to interact. So I, I was continuing to do that. And over the years, through thick and thin, through the black market, right, and sneaking around, and it was my med med uh, medicine as it was for so many. And I uh, continued, the, the issue was that when I was no longer under the influence of cannabis, the anxiety and the self-doubt would roar back. And so it was palliative, but it was transitory, transitive. And so um, I, I continued to look for a lot of ways to feel better. And man, you know, over the years, I lifted up a lot of rocks and looked under them for things, for, you know, years of therapy, uh, which I'm sure a little of it, you know, some of it helped, but it certainly didn't turn me around. And then a lot of... Hmm, uh, uh, spirituality turned to spirituality, um, did yoga. Um, and they all seemed to, hmm, they were supportive, but they didn't turn anything around. The, the anxiety was, was still there. So retreats and webinars and trainings, and I would get out of them and I would eventually, I would, I would immediately or, or, or soon thereafter default, uh, to, that those neural pathways of anxiety and, and just feeling less than. So, and it, it gets deep, Kira. <laughs> um, so I was, uh, you know, as human beings, and of course, part of the dimension of my work is psychology. 
and, uh, and emotions. And as human beings, we are driven to seek approval and avoid rejection. And so for me, the, uh, the rejection in, in my childhood of abandonment and neglect was so huge that I, I went to the highest levels of trying to gain acceptance. And I, was a, I, I, I studied journalism in college and got out of that and, and uh, wanted to write. And I, I love writing and was and gravitated toward television news because, oh, wow, I get I got to be on TV and I got constant adulation and I had no internal resources. So it was all constantly, hey, Becca, you know, you're, you're a good journalist. You, you look good. You're thoughtful. You're a good writer, whatever, you know, and just that that adulation that that just I, I needed it, I craved it because I didn't have anything within. And so I did that for all my uh, adult life. I, I yes, I did realize uh, a good amount of success. Um, I worked for National Public Radio, as you say. I was in various uh, television stations and, and markets, and uh, including Chicago, where where I lived for uh, quite a while. I'm I'm from Iowa, a good Iowa girl. And it still went on. And so I fast forward to about 2014 and I started, I founded and started a television show called Marijuana Straight Talk. And it was very much about what you are talking about, Kira, as in looking at conscious business and conscious capitalism and how are we building out this new this this new fertile ground of cannabis industry. And we were interviewing the movers and shakers. But the emotions that that I was a slave to continued to roil me and keep me in a place where it, it felt pretty lousy. And so one thing led to another, and I was introduced to this work called Emotional Liberation, revolutionary. It's about using your difficult emotions as your inner guidance system. And this guy uh, who is a, this all hails from the Kundalini tradition coming out of ancient India. So it's Hinduism and Sikhism and kind of a, a melding of all of those things. And he had realized and connected the dots. He was a 40-year Kundalini master. And he connected the dots to, re to understand that these emotions that we're feeling are something we need to pay attention to and learn the language of emotions, now, this is antithetical for a lot of us because I know I had pounding, incessant thoughts. I disassociated a lot. And so to sit down and try to meditate, you know, the silent sitting mindfulness meditation didn't do a thing for me. I, 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 and, the, and the more I look into this and the more people come to me and the clients and students, the more I realize that it, it, can, uh, it, it may be the majority of people in our culture who cannot sit down because of this busy, distracted society. People go, oh, well, you need to meditate. Well, sit down, close your eyes and shut up. Well, how can I do that when I'm running a million miles a minute and then sit down? So this was totally different. And it was an active, expressive form of moving inward to be in touch with your intuition so you could actually bring up your emotions and hear what they're saying to you. I mean, it just sounds so crazy. And I, 
I thought it was pretty crazy at the beginning, but I, I got to tell you, I was desperate. And I started in on this, and there's a lot of science behind it in the sense of we're rewiring our neurosystem um, and, and, our, and our, um, our neural pathways, our nervous system and our neural pathways, and, 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 and creating new neural pathways to think and view the world differently. And going through this uh, for the first few months, it was a year-long program, I, it was, it was astounding. I was just feeling, I was feeling clear and centered. And it was like, you know, when I looked around, I saw all the other people who were wrestling with difficult emotions and, oh my God, Kira, it was, I just got to stop what I'm doing and what purposefully on point, focusing on teaching others to do this work. And so that's what I've been doing for the last mm, half dozen years. Amazing. So I'm, I'm fascinated by the work you're doing and the business that you've built around it. And I'm curious about how you built your messaging and your practice and your marketing. I, mean, I, I haven't really seen anyone do what you're doing and you seem to have a really strong brand around it. Mm -hmm. It's not by accident. <laughs> you know, anybody in this, what do I want to call it? Spiritual space, consciousness space. You know, we are there's there's this um, common mindset where, oh, well, you know, we're doing good work and we're offering transformation. And, you know, um, we have to be kind of meek about making the offer and telling, you know, people you should be with me because we don't want to be salesy. Right. And uh, and I uh, encountered um, a magnificent um, coach in this arena um, and her name was, uh, is Lisa Sasevich and it's, uh, what's it called? The invisible clothes, the invisible clothes. And she teach, and so she teaches, uh, uh, practitioners to be able to own their brand and put it out there by just, you know, with their heart and a framework around here's how to do it. So you don't sound salesy, that you can show what the transformation is. You can show what people, uh, to be able to suss out your community and have your community find you in what they're looking for. And in my community, of course, it's about people who are, uh, whose lives are upset and unsettled to you know, a, a, a larger degree to a smaller degree of difficult emotions, which include anger and fear and anxiety and self-doubt, depression, sadness, grief, guilt, yeah, desires, addictions. And we study them all in this work because we, we learn this language. We learn what we're feeling because, you know, we're going along particularly entrepreneurs, right? We're going along and somebody says something or does something out of left field and or an errant thought comes up and we are triggered and we are off to the races. We, we're just emotionally flooded and we just can't see anything in front of us because we're so upset and so off balance. So what we do in this work and help me so much professionally and personally is that when something comes up and I start and I, I see that I'm triggered, I name it, I identify it and and, and the uh, uh, the root of it. And then going into it, and that root cure may be all the way back to childhood. It may be something that happened yesterday. 
that somebody said or did something that that just uh, ha raised our hackles. But but let me tell you, mostly it's if you take that thread and move it back, it's to some it's something that that was done to us or said to us as a child. And so we uh, we connect the dots on that and we can actually heal that trauma and bring us bring ourselves to the present, clear out all that crap from our history that we've been wading through, that's been that's been in the way of us and the life that we truly want to lead. And now we're we're fresh. How is that? I want to know how you built your business, though. I'm, I'm focused on because there are a lot of women in the community who are trying to build their businesses and flailing because they don't understand whatever piece of it you've understood that you've been able to represent yourself in a very different way. Yeah. That is very effective. So I'm really curious about, did you have a team around you that built it? Did you, do you have a background in marketing? Like how did you come to the conclusions that you came to, to build the, the business that you have that is, you know, I think there are a lot of women out there who would love to do things like this, but you really nailed it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's a confluence of things. And, and I had some marketing chops because I was a magazine publisher. Uh, I owned and published a magazine and that helped. But I got to tell you, that was publishing, right? And online marketing is an absolutely, totally different thing. So yes, I brought into the scope because I was a former reporter and producer. I knew how to write and writing is a big deal, as you well know from what you do. And so how to communicate a message is important. But um, online and everything for me right before COVID um, and unbeknownst to me, COVID coming in, I was set and ready, uh, but I needed to learn online marketing. So I, I believe in mentors. I believe in consultants. So I went to a guy called Jeff Walker and it was product launch formula, product launch formula, PLF. And, uh, and he had a whole program about how to launch your, your work online. Now, there's some tenets there, some core tenets. And one of them, and talking to my fellow women who are looking to boost their business, it is publish, publish, publish. And that's why you're seeing such a strong SEO for me is because every week for the last two years, Kira, I have put out a blog on Tuesdays and a vlog on Saturdays. Wow, that's commitment. That's right, right. And you need to do that. And what you're doing within that commitment of publishing is you are putting out your message. So, you know, through that first mentor I spoke of, I learned how to massage my message and get it right. And then by virtue of learning the online stuff, I was able to push it out. And it's all about your community finding you. And it makes it doubly hard, doesn't it? When you're in uh, an arena of cannabis, oh my God. I mean, I just, um, YouTube uh, just came down on me in the last couple of weeks. And I've noticed that I have um, over 5,000 subscribers on my YouTube channel. They've just stopped it. It's just stopped dead in the water. There's been no 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 new subscribers. 
And so they haven't, they didn't, they, they wrote me letters saying that, well, we're not going to drop you or we're not going to whatever they do with your YouTube channel, but we're going to do this, that, and the other thing. And they've ratcheted down, I don't know, the algorithms where I'm seeing or whatever. So I'm not, I'm, I'm seeing that there's no new subscribers to my YouTube channel. So we, you know, the challenges, and of course, Facebook has been talked about and re-talked about, right? And, um, and Instagram is not much better because it, it's owned by Facebook. So, so it's it, it, in this arena of cannabis or, or psychedelics, we need to find outlets where our community is. Okay, so one of the most effective and efficient uh, ways I have found, get ready for it, is Reddit. So Reddit for me, and there's cannabis, and there's uh, I, I'm uh, my my work includes microdosing. So I belong to a subreddit called microdosing. I weigh in regularly, and you know you gain followers there. There's there's no um, they're 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 not um, they're not pulling any any um, content. Um, they're not censoring me. So that is uh, probably my best move recently is to move into that space. I know that you have talked with other people in regard to Clubhouse. Um, I think that there's a lot of pile on there. I don't know. I've, I was on a few times, but it's not my thing really. So one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show was to discuss a major situation that we have right now as women working in cannabis. And we're under tremendous stress, just as it is being a woman in the world, and then you add the stress of any job on top of it. And then if you're in the cannabis industry, you get that other layer of insanity and pressure that comes with being part of the cannabis industry. And it can really wear women down. And many of us are turning on each other. And we're making the whole community weaker mm. as a result. Mm -hmm. How do we deal with this as a group? And when we face these kinds of intense conflicts with one another, we need to heal together as a community. But it makes it very challenging when there's this constant cannibalism and outing on social media and doxing with emails and this kind of like digital pitchforks of coming after people, how do we deal with this as a community? So it's a good point that you bring up. And what we're talking about is essentially bottom line, social transformation. And what we understand first and foremost is that in order to have social transformation, and this is the premise on which all my work relies, is that in order to have social transformation, you must first have personal transformation. So what happens is that the work that you're doing, you are looking at what's going on with you. How are you adding to that craziness? And that's, that's about self-limiting patterns and behaviors and interactions that we need to look at for ourselves. And heal those woundings that allow us to be a more whole and intuitive person. Now, I like the word in some of your interviews, you've talked about ceremony. And I am, I am a ceremonialist. I don't talk about it a lot in this whole business scope, but 
in my work, we bring um, in my masterclass courses, we have groups, right? I, my, my, my work pairs a consistent therapeutic group setting with these Eastern wisdom teachings and Western science and cannabis and psilocybin microdose, anything and everything that I've studied to make it to, to make the healing, the emotional healing most effective and efficient. And what I find in my group settings is that there's a dynamic where values aligned people are coming together who are looking at wanting personal transformation and every and that just nurtures everybody else in the group. So when you say ceremony, you know, bringing people together with an intention like that, it's the inner work, but being able to also do it in groups where we're where we're talking about we're being vulnerable and talking about what's upsetting our lives and how to deal with it, um, that other, other people are just so co-powered by that. So it's the individual and the group, the, the community. And let's face it, you know, we're talking about masculine and feminine energy. Um, we all carry it. All, all human beings carry. And again, this is Eastern wisdom teachings. We all carry both the masculine and feminine in us, but a lot of us are really off kilter. Some are just too meek and go inward and others are spewing their, their anger and their toxins all over going outward. The hat, you know, the, 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 the medium that, that happy medium is a nice balance between, um, between the, um, what do I want to say? Um, anger is our power and we want to be able to draw good boundaries so that we can navigate in life in not having a doormat main mentality or not being bullying and, and going out and again, spewing that toxic, that toxic, our toxic trauma all over everybody. So there's always going to be people in this space who we don't want in our orbit because they have not, and they don't have any, they, they don't have any inclination to change. And so what we really want to do is look at the people in our orbit. When we start healing ourselves, healing ourselves of those wounds, we start looking at the people around us and go, hmm, yes, I really want to do business with that person. Uh, that person, eh, he or she plays a lot of games um, and not so good. And, you know, a lot of times business people, um, particularly hmm, what do I want to say? New business people are afraid, right? Oh my God, if I don't cater to that, uh, to that, to that mean person, um, here I am, I'm, uh, I'm going to get their business. Um, and they're a handful and they can be really awful and, um, they're, you know, narcissists or whatever, but gee, I need that money. I need to bring that money and I need to feed the bottom line. So I got to put up with that person. Well, a lot of bricks have been laid around that sort of business atmosphere where you have a lot of crappy people in your orbit. So we have to look at it different, a different way. As I said earlier in our conversation about the energy, bringing the energy. And what we know now in the, the realm of, of soul and spirituality is that the positive energy that you put out attracts people to you. And so we can't be afraid to cut loose that, that, that client who's just a big pain in the patootie 
and is forever questioning me and threatening to pull out and, you know, whatever it is, abusive, it's, a, it's abusive. And so when we are able to cut those abusive people out of our life, either professionally or personally, it makes room for the healthy people to come in. So there has been kind of an unpopular point of view that's been discussed recently in the community. And I'm talking about kind of the general cannabis community at large, which now is starting to also envelop the psychedelic community. And this idea is that maybe some, some of us are overdoing it on the plant medicine consumption and it's having some potentially negative side effects. I have heard people um, pontificate on perhaps it is causing some mental illness. Perhaps it is causing um, inflamed paranoia. What are your thoughts on this as someone who uses plant medicine for treatment? Great question. So let's, I like to think of it in terms of the, the bear with me here, the three waves of cannabis. Okay. And so the first one is the recreational and that, and, and that brings in, you know, um, I'm, I, whatever, it, whatever it is that I, I want to feel better. Um, and so I'm going to numb myself out in indica, couch lock. Remember that term? <laughs> I get it. I'm going to get as high as I can. And, you know, there's a whole culture premised around that stoner culture. And that is the unconscious numbing use of cannabis. Not to say that somebody can't do a little cannabis and, and sit down and write or do something creative or whatever. But, but by and large, the, the, in, this, in this culture, can't the, the perspective on cannabis was that that you, you're going to get stoned and then there's the second wave of cannabis and that is the medical where there's a you know it's about what what hurts uh the cannabis will heal you and we use it for that physical that physical healing and then there's the third wave of cannabis what i like to call uh which is the intentional or conscious use of cannabis, and that is that is my work, and it's it's consciousness and using cannabis intentionally, very intentionally, as an ally to heal the spirit as opposed to the body, and so in this in this way, uh, people who 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 study with me. Uh, are often a lot of times come because of the cannabis, and they say, "God, you know, my my relationship to cannabis is out of control. Um, I feel as though I'm dependent on it. I feel as though I get great anxiety, but I still really want to have this relationship. So what we do is we reframe that we reframe that whole relationship to cannabis. And so we're not using it for numbing anymore. We are using it to enhance the work that we're doing in a very intentional way, learning how to direct our mind to gain control of our inner world. And when we do that, it is diametrically opposed. It's a 180 to everything that you've talked about. It's, it's, it, it, we, and we are just at the very beginning of our understanding of all of this. Where can women learn about you and your practice? So, 
you're you're going to laugh with me on this. Instead of relying on a bunch of social media, right? Because you know, social media ain't our friend, really. <laughs> I just have everything on my website, which is beccawilliams.org. Beccawilliams.org, and you can go there and uh, you can learn about my my masterclass courses. I do an ongoing. Um, uh, group gathering that is my gift to the community. I do it on a monthly be- uh, basis, which is um, advanced techniques to tone your mind, brain, and nervous system. Uh, if you go there, uh, there's also a survey, uh, a quiz on what's your cannabis personality and is microdosing psilocybin right for you if you want to go in that direction. So there's a number of ways to enter my port portal, and they all directly go into BeccaWilliams.org. <laughs> That's awesome. Very smart. Well, thank you so much, Becca, for your time and for sharing your journey and wisdom with us today. Ladies, thank you for tuning in. If you haven't yet joined the Women Empowered in Cannabis community, go to our new membership portal at WomenEmpoweredInCannabis.com. Now you'll find lots of information on our new memberships for women working in cannabis. You can also find us on Clubhouse, it's WEIC, where we host AMA rooms with investors and recruiters and monthly open mics to introduce yourself to the community. WEIC is a community that provides resources, connections, events, and content to women working in cannabis in the U.S., Canada, and around the world where there's an interest in cannabis legalization. We welcome women who are currently working in cannabis or curious about taking a leap into the industry. Consider becoming a WEIC woman member or WEIC business member for benefits and access across the network. And join us again for another conversation with women leading in cannabis. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your cannabis business podcast, The Talking Hedge, and newest member on Podcon X. So come on over and check out The Talking Hedge. We talk about business news, interviews, investments, events, all that stuff. So come nerd out with me over at The Talking Hedge. You can find me at thetalkinghedgepodcast.com or on all your favorite podcast platforms. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out.